Well, hello, hello. It is Wednesday, January the 27th of 2016. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. As always, you can catch past episodes at wittenbergradio.com or subscribe on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. Comes right to your iPhone if you've got one of those. Um, also, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at Wittenberg Radio on Twitter, Wittenberg Radio on Facebook, and email us your comments, questions, concerns, etc., etc., at WittenbergRadio at gmail.com. Your last month of January in school is almost over, Dan. Last January. How do you feel? Um, you know, just pretty much the same as every other year. <laughs> as I keep saying. I probably won't realize I've graduated until two years after the fact. Right. And I'll wonder, when do I go back to school? Right. I realize, oh, never. I'll think. Uh, or I'll, unless I go. I'll think about something else to ask you about next week <laughs> instead of graduation. How about? <laughs> I do have other things. You going do have. On you do. Life, there yeah. are other things that you think about. I'd imagine. All right, we've got a very special episode for you here today. Uh, we'll be. I mean, we won't even have an extra segment. It's going to go that long. Carl Coop and Paul Dick are stopping in. We recorded an interview with them, and you'll see what about in just a minute. Our guests today need no introduction, but we're going to give them one anyway. Paul Dick is an associate professor of English here at CMU, and Carl Coop is a professor of history and theology, also the director of the Graduate School of Theology and Ministry in the BTS program. So you guys know them well. I'm sure you've sat in many of their classes. Over the holidays, these two gentlemen took a fascinating trip to Iran. And, uh, to participate in Christian-Muslim Dialogue, uh, a program that CMU has participated in for a number of years, largely spearheaded by Professor Emeritus Harry Hubner. You might remember last year that uh, some students from Iran were on our campus. The two have now returned to the frozen tundra, and they both join me in the warmth of our studio here today. Hello, sirs. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> we actually were... Um gone during exam time so that it wasn't too. it wasn't so much during holiday time oh, but during exam time okay when students were sweating yes <laughs> and uh we <laughs> when, were gone right when students were sweating but then you actually were in a warmer place so you yeah. were also been sweating uh <laughs> we're off to a hot start okay so first uh, we're gonna start off with a bit more of a general question for you guys then we're gonna loop this back around as the interview goes on this is like, gonna be an interesting sort of interview what are you what uh going into this semester this winter semester what were you most looking forward to? We'll start with Going you, into this semester yeah, yeah. right now. This semester right now that we're like three weeks into. Well, I was looking forward to not traveling. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I've got some great courses going on right now. Oh, some good. great students. So oh. uh, great reading some great uh, literature. You so had to mark all those exams that uh, you didn't get to mark. Uh, before Christmas. That's right. I had to mark exams when I first got back. No. But uh, they were also, uh, you know, full of uh, insight that uh, really uh, went by fast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and for me, I, I uh, actually have a sabbatical. So uh, uh, coming back was was great. Like I finished Just... marking and then I, uh, I've been into writing projects. Sure. Yeah. So it's been a good good january for cool. me. yeah i bet yeah although i do miss the students of course of course you <laughs> yes. do yeah. i thought that went without saying yeah of course. exactly yeah. so how did you gentlemen first become involved with this conversation we'll start with you uh carl what, what was your reaction when you first like got that official invite hey do you want to come to iran right well yes it was a, a bit of a surprise because um uh, while cmu and the faculty have been involved in 
dialogue and in interaction with Iranians for quite a long time. But um, Harry, Harry Hubner, came to my office out of the blue one October, I think, day, and just said, you want to go to Iran? Just exactly like that. And uh, and he he talked for, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and I just, I was completely stone-faced. I didn't give him any <laughs> any indication whatsoever as to whether I was excited or whether I was not. And and maybe that uh, was actually a, a good, uh, an honest, uh, you know, reaction on my part. I was actually not sure what to think. I mean, why, like, do I really want to go to Iran? Uh, yes, I do. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. That, that was my first response, I would say. What a crazy, like, ask. Like, just out of the blue, he steps into your office and says, hey, what, 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 do you remember his exact words? No, not really. But, <laughs> but it was, well, it might not have been out of the blue for oh, okay. him. Probably right. not. Well, but no. for me, it was, obviously. Well, yeah. Just, there he was. So that's, uh, yeah. that's amazing. Did he also, um, out of the blue, ask you, Paul? Yeah, although uh, I was in on it a little bit earlier. So uh, back in the late summer, he was uh, trying to put it together. Mm. And uh, the invitation had come from uh, our partners in Iran. They're putting on a short course on uh, an introduction to Islam. And uh, they're trying to get together some uh, Mennonite University uh, faculty uh, from, uh, from yeah from Canada and US, yeah. and also uh, some MCC people uh, to get them in for this course. And so the idea was that CMU would be part of this, potentially. So I was in on it a little bit earlier. Uh, should I keep going? Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things is that uh, we've had a lot of uh, interaction uh, between people doing theological, biblical stuff and, uh, and our Iranian partners. But uh, there's been some desire to spread out uh, our involvement uh, past, you know, around the disciplines a bit more. Hmm. And so um, Harry was talking to me kind of early on because he somehow mystically discerned that uh, he thought I should, I should be part of this. And, uh, you know, I work in English, so it was uh, not theology. So that qualified me. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, what were your expectations going into uh, this conversation, this introduction to Islam? Um, like, what do you do to prepare for a trip like this, Paul? Well, one of the things I did was <laughs> I, uh, I looked up uh, Iranian or Persian uh, poets, uh, mm. and I thought I, I want to get uh, at least a, a toe in the water on that. Um, find out who some of the people are, and, uh, and of course, um, well, I don't, I shouldn't say of course, but Persia has this uh, amazingly rich uh, liter. Uh, it's an amazingly rich cultural history, mm-hmm. um, going back thousands of years, uh, and a really rich medieval actually uh, poetry tradition. So, uh, so I went over to uh, Amazon.ca and. Uh, ordered myself some books and uh, started things off that way. Yeah, who was that poet that uh, you ended up following up on? Well, there are a couple. Uh, Hafez, there's Hafez, um, who uh, we ended up actually the last day of, uh, of the sessions. Uh, they were telling me, the guys that were telling me, well, you can't really translate Hafez. Uh, so I, I thought, oh, I'll pull out the book uh, that I've got, the Penguin edition, 
and um, and and show them. Well, this is what I've been reading, you know. And uh, the first line of every poem is is there in uh, Arabic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I mean, the, the Arabic script with, but in in Farsi in the Persian language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, turned out that uh, one of the guys we were with. Uh, could uh, sing this in a, in a very uh, fine way. And it was, it was absolutely transformative, this moment when, uh, you know, this conservative Islamic uh, religious scholar just starts uh, singing uh, this medieval poetry. And, uh, wow. I mean, you just one of those kind of hairs on the back of your neck standing up kind of feelings. Like it was just oh. beautiful. So, uh, and actually I brought that back. I, I, I recorded it on my, uh, on my smartphone and uh, showed it to my first year uh, poetry students wow. in first class when I got back. So it was mm-hmm. kind of fun. I mean, it's it's not like really being there, but uh, you get a sense of, like, this is actually a living poetic tradition. Well, and we went to see his grave. No, that uh, was, a, that was oh, another guy. This is another guy. Yeah. Um, I'm all confused. Embarrassingly. <laughs> well, that's uh, Ferdosi. Right, right. And he's an epic poet. So right. they actually took us. I had mentioned uh, it would be cool to see his grave, which was, I thought it was actually in Mashhad, which is a city that we traveled to. It turned out it was like a, what a, an hour drive or forty five minute sure. drive outside yeah. of Mashhad. Yeah. So I uh, just asked about it, and uh, they arranged a uh, a bus for us, and did. I persuaded uh, Carl to come along, and uh, Harry came along. We we did a kind of a field trip yeah. out to this. Uh, wow. Well, I, I was excited to go because we were getting closer to the Afghan border, and I was <laughs> I was really excited about that. In fact, we were talking about renting a jeep. And, you know, just cruising around Afghanistan for a while. But uh, that never worked out. So as it turned out, it was a little bit further away than uh, we had anticipated. So, uh, yeah. And interestingly, that interestingly be... the Iranians were not excited about this at all. They, uh, really? They it was a bad idea. So, yeah. yeah. They thought it would be a good way to get killed. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. you know, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but actually, um, I mean, I think the, the first or the, the weeks prior to to going to Iran was actually somewhat complicated. I mean, you could you could do this sort of thing in terms of pre- preparing for the trip, but mm-hmm. but there's a lot of logistics. We had to get right. visas. We had to uh, get rid of our passports, and they were sent to Washington. Um, right. We don't have an embassy here in Canada. I mean, they, there's there isn't one in the in the U.S. either. But apparently, the P- Pakistanis have some little corner of their uh, embassy where the Iranians hang out and so are <laughs> the Iranian interest section yeah oh. so I mean it it logistically it was a little bit of a nightmare so right there was a lot of that besides we didn't have a lot of time to prepare I mean this is getting towards the end of the semester and yeah I don't know I just kind of it all is a bit crazy it was all very crazy yeah, yeah I bet we get on the plane and then start thinking about okay what actually are we doing where are we going uh, that sort of th- that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes, and obviously, like relations between Iran and the West have been, you know, tense over the last number of years, probably to say the least. Uh, what did you uh, each know about uh, Iran before you before you were going there? Like, what did you know about Iran? What did you know about the culture there? Well, not not a whole lot. I mean, we've had this exchange going on for quite some time. So we know individuals, we know, we know our partners, some of them, at least mm-hmm. personally. Uh, so there's, uh, and, and people from CMU have been in, in, in Iran uh, over the years. So you get secondhand information. 
Sure. Um, I mean, our our image. I think both Paul and I uh, lived through the time of the Iranian Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, so we would have that memory in the back of our minds. This happened in nineteen seventy nine, and so um, you know, relations between East between East and West, or between uh, the West and Iran, have been complicated since then. And with with the Iranian um, interests in nuclear energy or nuclear weaponry, what is it? Uh, you know, in the last five or ten years, uh, things have kind of ratcheted up in terms of conflict. And at the same time, this is it. This past summer, that um, uh, you know, conversation conversations moved forward in terms of uh, uh, improving relations between the West and Iran and sanctions as we speak, I think, are being lifted mm-hmm. and um, things are beginning to open up. So uh, any, in any case, that kind of history has certainly been, was certainly part of our background as we were going there. Sure. Yeah. So your first touchdown in Tehran, I'm guessing that's where you flew into. Uh, what are your first impressions of Iran as you, as you step out, Paul? Well, I mean, one of the... F- when you get to the uh, uh, Imam Khomeini uh, International Airport and into the uh, uh, the uh, what do you call it the luggage return area, right? Well, uh, even just stepping off the plane, didn't you screw up? Oh no! <laughs> well, what'd you do, Paul? With your uh, with your camera? No, that was oh. back in Istanbul. Oh, that was Istanbul. Yeah, yeah we were also there, by the way. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Yeah, uh, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, I took a picture on the tarmac. I wanted to get a picture of Harry coming off the uh, plane in Istanbul, and uh, and I got uh, I got tisk tisked. Yeah, reprimanded How about that. Yeah, oh, no. But uh, no, in Iran, uh, in the airport, uh, you like the first thing you see, you see these big uh, portraits of not that not that big, but you know, uh, there's portraits of the two supreme leaders, uh, the. Uh, I'll take a shot at it here. The Ayatollah Khomeini and the Ayatollah Khamenei, <laughs> or something like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, and uh, and you see the pictures of these two uh, kind of esteemed leaders uh, everywhere. And then along with that, there are these gigantic uh, Samsung ads. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if how Korea has been participating in the embargo <laughs> or what, but you know, like th- this is clearly a very uh, very different place and at the same time a very modern place right? hmm. and so um it, you know that kind of um you know juxtapositioning of uh of things that were strange and things that were very familiar uh was kind of typical hmm. uh, of uh of our trip i would say mm-hmm. yeah all the way through you've got a mix of east and west um contradictions that uh, don't seem to make a lot of sense is this an eastern or a western country is it well it's in asia but um you know to what extent is it influenced by the west to what extent is it influenced more by by its eastern past and hmm. uh yeah i i found the same thing that is really an interesting juxtaposition yeah okay so you your, your first meeting with uh this uh, these people that you are studying with, like this in this introduction to Islam class. What was that first meeting uh, with these people like? What were those over those first couple of uh, couple of days, maybe a couple of hours? 
I mean, one of the first things that happened was that we had a, a recitation from the Quran, hmm. um, which is they wouldn't call it singing, but it's kind of, it's kind of a chanting, right? Yeah. And uh, that uh, Quranic uh, recitation is a real. I mean, again, they wouldn't. I don't think they would talk about it as an art form, so to speak. But it's definitely a, a, a very uh, highly regarded and highly kind of disciplined um, kind of performance, right? Hmm. And so the uh, uh, Reza did it that first morning, uh, one of the guys that we got to know. Um, and then there, there was a bit of an opening ceremony. And then one of the neat things was that the, the our first uh, instructor, professor, uh, is one of the uh, scholars from there who that was uh, sponsored by MCC uh, to study at University of Toronto. Uh, back in what the early 90s yeah uh, or mid 90s throughout yeah, the 90s yeah. and so you know we had a sense of all, all the way through there was a, a sense that we were participating in something that had been uh, cultivated a relationship that had been cultivated over uh, decades yeah right? and we I mean we knew this this guy from who had been in Toronto I mean um, Had he, you met him before? Yes, I'd met him um, in in Ontario oh, okay. a number of times, and he's actually be, been here hmm. um, a few years ago. He was here, um, okay. so so there was a Dinesh Fire has been here. Yeah, huh, yeah. There that. there was a sense of familiarity. Uh, I mean, these are again, these are people that have been our partners for quite some time. We, I mean, we had some new instructors that we had never met before, um, so that was you know new and different, but. Um, so, but but continuity, right? We've mm-hmm. been in this conversation for for maybe ten years. Uh, we've been in conversation, and so this is a kind of a continuation of what's been going on for some time. Sure. Uh, what did these uh, this introduction to Islam? I don't know if class is the right word. Yeah, but... it was classes. Okay, classes. Yeah, uh, we were in there for uh, in the six days. We were in forty five hours of classroom oh, sessions. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they started at eight in the morning, and some days they didn't end till seven thirty at night. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, the odd time I, once or twice I think I fell asleep. I mean, it would never happen. What? That would never happen happen in classes here, right? No, but, ever. But if you're going full full bore, you know, uh, morning till night, and then you have a big lunch, which is a real mistake, <laughs> um, and you're and you're fighting jet lag, uh, right. you know, you, you know, you can kind of zone out for five ten seconds and then. You know, find yourself again. So sure. that, that did happen. Yeah. Sure. What was the flavor of that uh, of that studying like? Was it really like an amicable sort of a learning environment, or was it like was it more an, an intense sort of uh, a feel to the to the goings on? Well, it would depend on the instructor. I mean, sure. it, it was certainly a very uh, very gracious. amiable and gracious conversation back and forth, but. But you get into issues and topics that are are very interesting, and and uh, and you know your energy level goes up, and um, you might even you know want to challenge uh, what the instructor says. This is hmm. normal classroom conversation, but it, but the context was absolutely um, gracious, and uh, I mean the the Persians are so hospitable, and. Um, course we were guests and and tried to uh, behave as best we could i don't know if we always did but but uh you know it was a very um 
yeah, I mean, it was a very amiable sure. conversation. Absolutely. What's one example where uh, maybe either of you guys challenged uh, what the instructor was, was saying? Wow. It, do, you, do, I, do I remember any of those lectures? <laughs> <laughs> How long? In were detail? You, five to ten second nap. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So did, I think did, actually Carl went the hardest at, at an instructor uh, on the issue of... Uh, the uh, women's uh, covering themselves and mm. the uh, question of it wasn't you know there's a kind of differentiation being made between the um, religious requirement and the uh, and the uh, and kind of cultural me meanings and uh, and, we're, and we so, got talking about yeah. like black because in Kom which is where the city we were uh, pretty much uh, all the women cover the, the, the external coverings are all in black, right? Other places in Iran, it's not the case. Um, and so, uh, uh, Carolyn uh, was uh, one of our, our uh, co-students was uh, talking about how hot that gets. Mm -hmm. and oh, she was getting frustrated by having to wear this this um, gown, mm. this black clothing, and uh, and. And so my question was whether um, Islamic dress for women um, is Quranic, whether it comes out of the Quran or whether it actually comes out of the many sayings uh, of the Quran or, or the sayings of the writings of imams. And the interesting thing about Shia Islam is that you, you have the scriptures, the Quran, but then you've got well, you've got hundreds and maybe thousands of other sayings and writings, which are really complex, which are about interpreting the the most holy text, the Quran. So my my question had more to do with how how do you get at um, uh, the the kind of clothing that women are wearing? Is that does that come out of the Quran or does it come out of these other sayings? And um, I don't know if I even got an answer to that. No, but no, I, but what happened? Yeah, what did happen? I jump in here? Yeah, please he, do. I mean, basically, he said it's like the, he said that the black was cultural, mm. and then and then you said, well, don't you think <laughs> on religious grounds you ought to be intervening, and uh, and trying to change the culture? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's say had him there. Let's say on a forty <laughs> on a forty five degree day, right? Uh, when it's blazing hot, black is not a, exactly the best kind of clothing to wear. So, I guess I. I was being a little bit of a smart ass mm -hmm. and and uh uh well if 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 it's a hot day wouldn't it be the compassionate thing to mm, to yeah. uh oh. to to actually um you know allow women some freedom in terms of what they're wearing it, I don't know if it was a really a good question or not I I mean maybe I was at the at the edge of being a little bit disrespectful there I don't even remember how, how they responded or how he responded. I don't. Well, I think he granted your point. He didn't exactly sign up to start the reforms, but he. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he. <laughs> yeah. But he, he seemed to grant that you had a good question. Neat. What a. That's a. Well done, Carl. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> Um, okay, if you were to take um, an over uh, an overarching theme away from that dialogue. Uh, what would it be? Any moment in that dialogue where you would have thought, huh, I've, I've never thought of this in that way before. Right. 
Well, I don't know if any one single thing stuck out for me. I mean, one thing I realized was that Shia Islam, at least, is very complex and complicated. The fact that you've got all so many other writings right. and so many interpretations, you 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 essentially need to be a scholar, it seems, to be able to understand um, understand the religion well. And I I was under the impression that that Islam was fairly straightforward. Hmm. That there are practices. Um, praying five times a day, there's pilgrimage, there's, uh, you know, being just and merciful and, and, and so on. And that, that kind of covers it. But um, I don't know, I just, it was very complex. And, 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 and Shia Islam has, um, shrines for them are very important. So it's not only the text, not only the Quran, but also the imams, these holy imams that are infallible. There were 12 of them. I don't know, maybe there are more imams that are, uh, okay, it's probably just the 12, yeah. But it, but even that, that that raises all kinds of further questions. And So just for starters, that that's something that was a reoccurring hmm. um, awareness for me. Okay. What about for you, Paul? Well, I'd say the, the kind of, there's a kind of double uh, realization that uh, it's not, it's not not easy to reconcile or maybe not possible to reconcile and what one on one hand um experienced a real i think a real brotherhood i mean at one point we were over there um in the home of one of the people who had studied here and um and you know a few of the uh local people um you know from that group were there plus us and I thought, well, here we are sitting around in a uh, in a an apartment in Qum, Iran, and I feel like it's a kind of CMU reunion, <laughs> you know? Like mm. I feel like just kind of like completely at ease, um, and just relaxed, and I feel like I'm at home with these people, right? And that is really quite a, an amazing experience, like quite unpredictable, right? Sure. Uh, and it's not that I got to know people very well when they were here. But, you know, I had eaten with them and, you know, just gotten a sense. And, and their sense of being part of, like, having participated in CMU um, and just wanting to continue that. Like, I thought, well, like, this, whatever else is true about all this, we've just, you know, we should really continue this, this relationship. Because it's, it just is, like, it is the point somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that sense of having kind of, at one point I thought, well, I, you know, I'm getting kind of uh, maybe a little romantic about this, but, you know, I do kind of feel like like there is this sense of uh, having discovered a long lost brother, you know, like there's something real about that sensibility. Hmm. At the same time to realize, and this is kind of the other side of it, that kind of double awareness, how, how in a lot of ways, you know, Islam is profoundly different from Christianity. I mean, the most common kind of sub-discipline of Islamic theology is jurisprudence, which they, they, they talk about it as jurisprudence. Like it is a, it is a, it's not a legalistic religion. It is a legal religion, right? And the interpretation of the law is, is something that like, I mean, at least half, probably two thirds of the people we, we talked to that we met hmm. were studying jurisprudence. 
Wow. Right. So if you can imagine, like jurisprudence isn't even a possible theological term in Christianity. Uh, and so like there are, so the sense of brotherhood isn't, isn't coming out of uh, a sense of, oh, our religions are actually really just the same after all. It's not that at all. Uh, and so there's something there that, like I say, I don't know if that's reconcilable or if it needs to be reconcilable. It's there, you know, but there is this, um, nonetheless, uh, this, this real relationship there. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's really, really neat. Last question to both of you guys really quick. I realize you have to dash back. Um, if, as you head back to the classroom, Paul, if you could say in like one sentence, what is, uh, how has this experience going informing the way you've taught so far since you've come back one sentence i know challenge uh when, <laughs> well that, it would be lovely if i could give you a sentence on that i i mean it's so hard to even say what exactly we experienced over there hmm. right and to start putting words to that even though of course we've been doing it the last half hour here but i mean coming into here this today i was thinking i don't i don't know what we're going to say because i haven't it seems like anytime anybody asks me about the trip i like i say something different every time right mm. so it's very much a such a rich experience very you know that you, okay. i'm only starting to kind of work through and then to think about it as influencing how it especially if influences teaching is another <laughs> I, I at this point i can't say yet sure yeah cool uh, carl is it in has it uh so have you seen it influence your writing at all, perhaps? Or um, do you anticipate it doing so? Maybe? Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, I think one thing I came away from, um, or uh, among other things that I came away from, was, uh, I think, a, a, a bigger commitment to peace. Hmm. Um, the, the region is, uh, there's just so much conflict going on between Iran and Saudi Arabia, between... There's civil war going on between, or some kind of war between Iran and um, Yemen. Mm -hmm. uh, never mind Syria, never mind the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, and on and on and on, the Kurds and, and the Turks. I mean, it's a cauldron of, of conflict. And um, I, I think just being there um, has just made me more convinced at how important it is that we resolve our conflicts peaceably and that we don't do it other ways i've probably got an answer now <laughs> <laughs> if you got if you've got it if you got a nice fast one go go for <laughs> it man uh the uh no I, I mean i affirm i affirm what carl says um but and also I, I think actually as a literature professor the sense that um there's a there's just such a uh tangible like lived sensibility in Iran of the importance of texts and of course there's the the holy Quran right and and how that is recited but the importance of the poetry like people had poetry memorized right and that when you recite these texts you know it is an event right mm -hmm. like it is something is happening these are not just things to be um, whatever referred to or what what have you in a kind of uh, operative or an instrumental way but you know there's something really embodied in the text and um, that's something that I would have already thought but it you know the experience of that has uh, has, has really kind of I don't know and it's it, it's an it's an inspiring thing to um, to 
encounter such a uh, deeply, um, I don't know, you know, it's a deeply legal culture, but it's also a deeply poetic one. Hmm. Literary culture. It's very literary, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it with us here today. Hey, it's good. good Yeah, thank you. Paul Dick is an associate professor of English. Carl Koop is a professor of theology and history here at CMU. They joined us here in the studio today to talk about their experience with Christian-Muslim dialogue in Iran over the exam break. What a cool conversation. That was really neat. I'm really glad that uh, Carl and Paul could join us here today on the show. Uh, What stuck out for you in that one, in that episode, Dan? Um, I've, I've heard a few people talk about, or I know a few people who have gone to Iran for similar events now and just seems uh, repeatedly, everyone has just kind of said, maybe it's just because of the amount of time they were there, but just, uh, it seems like a very, uh, different place from, from where we live or, you know, they would describe it as a strange place to be and just, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so much cultural context and just different different things that go on there that that aren't going on here it uh mm. makes it hard to like all take in in a condensed amount of time and so i think uh the most of the people i've spoken to about their experience there come out a little more confused than enlightened right. maybe but uh yeah it's it's always interesting to hear hear accounts of of people's experiences Abs- in Iran specifically and other places. Right. Absolutely. So thank you again to Carl and Paul for joining us here today. Here's a couple of things that are happening a little closer to home, namely on this campus. Uh, as of February the 1st, so before the next time that we chat with you, the Folio Cafe is changing their hours. They're now closed on Sundays. A what? Uh, yeah. You can buy now from them uh, selections of soup by the leader, and then you can uh, heat those up. But they are now going to be closed on Sundays. Uh, Monday to Friday, they're open 730 to 9.30. Saturday from 10 to 4 and yeah so if you're looking for something quick to eat after church on Sunday go somewhere else get your folio fix Monday to Saturday because they won't be there on Sunday exactly Uh, a couple of sports things to fill you in on Uh, we've got a couple of scores to tell you about uh, from the basketball world as well Uh, the CMU basketball teams were in action um, over the weekend, uh, men's basketball fell to Red River, and uh, women's basketball took a victory over Red River. So nice job, girls. Men, you know what I say? We'll get them next time. Uh, women's volleyball and men's volleyball both had uh, very active uh, weekends or time since we last spoke to you, I suppose. Women's volleyball took a 3-0 loss to the Assiniboine Community College Cougars. Men's volleyball took a 3-0 win over the Cougars, and both teams lost to Prov. So... We'll bounce back this week. There's so much happening at the Lowen Athletic Center coming up. The men and women's volleyball teams are in action Friday night at the Lowen Athletic Center taking on the Red River Rebels. As well, on the basketball side of things, CMU is facing the Dakota College at Botno Teams. That's happening Thursday night. Uh, Girls are at 6. Guys are at 8, I believe. And CMU is also taking on Prov on Saturday. 
so that's also happening at the low end so plenty of time to go check out uh, your CMU athletics go blazers go that's gonna do it that was a long episode let's wrap it up um my name is nolan kaler i'm daniel friesen as always check out past episodes wittenbergradio.com subscribe on itunes or the podcatcher of your choice wittenberg radio on facebook is the place to follow us twitter at wittenberg radio will let you know when our next episode is out email us comments questions concerns etc at wittenbergradio at gmail.com we'll see you next week see ya Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council. 